Hey listeners, welcome to the inaugural issue of the Product Hunt Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast where we, your Product Hunt content team, break down the week's tech headlines, talk about the products making waves on the leaderboard, and discuss the ones we love. I'm Sarah. I lead content here at Product Hunt. I've been here for two and a half years. Um, I am currently in Denver, Colorado, although at the moment it is Thanksgiving weekend. So um, I am traveling without a mic today, but so is my my co-host. So we'll just be in this together. Yeah, and I am that co-host. My name is Aaron. I tend to reside in your inbox if you read the Daily Digest, that is. I'm a chef turned techie who has been a pot hunt for around five years, and I'm based in the beautiful city of Cork, Ireland. Aaron, you spend your days watching and reading the news for the Daily Digest, uh, probably the best job on the planet, in my opinion. What is on your radar this week? I have a feeling everyone else might already know. Yeah, uh, first of all, you're correct. It is uh, up there with one of the top jobs, especially considering news can be anything from what we're about to discuss to just whatever meme is going viral these days. But yeah, if you're referring to the open AI stuff, you're totally right. Um, here's a rundown for anyone that might have somehow missed it. So everyone knows open AI. It's probably the most important AI company there is at the moment. It's at least the one that your parents and your grandparents might know by name. On Friday, OpenAI fired CEO Sam Altman, and they replaced him with CTO Mira Moradi as the interim CEO. And this kind of just came out of nowhere. The alleged reason was Sam's lack of consistent communication. I wasn't at the time sure exactly what that meant. People get your investor updates in, I guess. Uh, but of course, this caused shockwaves, led to the resignation of OpenAI president Greg Brockman and a cascade of other resignations. OpenAI initially backtracked and kind of considered rehiring Sam after they saw the backlash on social media and how much solidarity there was in the team for Sam and Greg. It was all kind of becoming a pretty big mess, but whatever deal that they might have been working on didn't go through. Then the Microsoft CEO, Satya Nadella, he announced that Sam and Greg would lead a new research team at Microsoft, which then caused even further upheaval. We didn't get much detail about what that team would look like all we know is it's a research team for advanced ai and um, this led then to over 700 employees which i think there's only like 705 employees <laughs> in open ai and um, so 700 employees penned an open letter threatening to leave unless the board resigns then there were some more reports of sam potentially again rejoining open ai these fell through when open ai announced that the former twitch ceo emma Shear was appointed as OpenAI's new CEO. And then it came out that OpenAI apparently also approached rival Anthropic for a, a merger. This was also apparently refused. I've seen no real confirmation of this yet. Um, but all that happened over the course of the weekend and there's still more to come. So skip forward to Wednesday, November 22nd. Reports surfaced that Altman attempted to oust board member Helen Toner, but ended up being fired himself. Again, these are just reports. And then the big news is Altman is announced to return as OpenAI CEO with a new board composed of Brett Taylor, former US Treasury Secretary Larry Summers, and Quora CEO Adam D'Angelo. Given another day, uh, up to Thursday, we finally kind of get a sneak peek into the reason why Sam might have initially been fired. 
And sources unveiled that ahead of OpenAI CEO Sam, Sam Altman's outing, several staff research, researchers wrote a letter to the board of directors warning a powerful artificial intelligence discovery that they said could threaten humanity. Two, two people familiar with the matter told uh, Reuters. This could be the reason why Sam Altman was fired over a breakdown of co uh, communication, as I said initially, and the reason behind OpenAI's desire to merge with Anthropic during the crisis. It's all kind of very Terminator vibes, so that's kind of got me on edge after reading all that. But um, yeah, it's been a wild week for OpenAI, and what's even wilder is it was like five CEOs or four CEOs, I think, in the space of three days. They went through, that has to set some kind of a record. I mean. Yeah, I thought that was amazing. I know you included that in your newsletter. I've never seen that many CEOs um, run through in such a matter, short matter of time. But it's such a wild story to to follow on the play-by-play. -play. Um, basically, the whole company just imploded uh, over the weekend. And that happened just starting Friday night. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure the likes of Google were very happy to see all this happening. Um, but pretty much some people have compared this to a coup as well. At the beginning, it initially seemed it totally came out of nowhere. And even as we kind of get to the, to the reveal of this apparent dangerous AI that was developed, it still does feel a little bit kind of out of nowhere. I think there's better ways to kind of safeguard AI than just to destroy the whole company outright. Um, interesting tidbit, by the way, this affected San Francisco's sleep because of course it did. The CEO of 8Sleep, you know, the connected mattress company, said yeah. their data showed a 27% increase in people getting less than five hours sleep in the city since the events unfolded. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I stayed up on my phone watching as things were just unfolding right before our eyes. Um, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's wild. Um, yeah, I I feel you. There are just so many pieces to this that it's so hard to follow. Um, on one hand, the board obviously really botched this this coup yeah. to have seven hundred of your seven hundred and five employees write a letter is really yeah uh, just a testament just to how how poorly they botched this. But then on the other side, um, it does really make you wonder what happened. And I think I saw on Twitter all sorts of what I thought were conspiracy theories that OpenAI had achieved AGI um, and the board got spooked or um, even Elon Musk, who is relatively quiet over the weekend as he was busy, but uh, you know, started to call out that something seems a little fishy here. How could the board have taken such drastic action so quickly? It's really hard to, to make sense of what's what. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. One thing that I kept thinking about all of this, especially since the whole resignation stuff started happening, was that if I got fired and like 99% of my team decided to submit their resignation in solidarity with me, if I don't get rehired, you could not say a thing to me ever again. I would have an astronomical ego after that, like Milky Way level. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's hilarious, but it's also a really good point. I mean, it it does sort of feel like Sam Altman's like untouchable at this point. Yeah. Like you're kind of as close to being a god <laughs> as a human could probably get in terms of like economic value or something, I guess. <laughs> that part kind of blew my mind the most. Like 700 people were willing to put their livelihoods on the line to get um Sam back onto the helm. 
Well, yeah, it is just such a testament to how much Sam Altman's accomplished over the past couple of years. I mean, from ChatGPT, GPT-4 with Dolly, um, these no-code AI bots that were launched on Dev Day and the App Store, essentially, for these AI bots. Um, we haven't seen progress like this come out of any other company. So even though it was it was a crazy weekend, it was definitely a really big deal. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I have a feeling it's not entirely over yet either. So, sticking to the topic of AI, it's time to move on to a product highlight section. So, this is where we go over a recently launched product on Product Hunt. Cool. Yeah, let's go. Look forward to seeing what you picked. Yeah. So, I picked a product called Vitel, and this app is for women of a certain age to stay on top of their health and tackle aging symptoms that seem to pile up over time. But before you turn tune out, of a certain age means when perimenopause symptoms start creeping in. That can start happening really anytime as early as your 30s. Uh, so basically, if you were born in the 80s or before, that's you. Uh, so this product, Vital, was founded by a woman named Roma Vanderwalt, and she used to be a pro athlete representing Team Germany in the modern pentathlon, which I thought was really cool. Uh, and she yep. said she used to be one of the first generation of women who used data-driven training. So she had a lot of professionals at her side while she was training, people like orthopedic surgeons, mental health professionals, and they all helped her make sure that she showed up as the very best version of herself in the arena when she would compete. So she wanted to pass that on to other women, and I thought that was pretty darn cool. She later went on to do also some cool things in her career. She worked as a public information officer at the UN. She even coached new parents through pregnancy and postpartum after becoming a mom herself. So yeah, I just thought it was really awesome that she created this app to really pass on all of the benefits that she got out of her data-driven training onto other women. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I've heard of Roma Vanderwalt actually. Um, really cool. I'd love to hear what insights she brought from her training and her career into this app. That's awesome. I had not heard of her before, but yeah, I was really excited to learn about this app. Um, so basically, it gets to know you and uses adaptive machine learning to help you manage your health um, by giving you a blueprint for things that you can work on. So it takes all of these pillars of health, like aging, exercise, nutrition, mindfulness, sleep, and it tells you things you can work on to help benefit you. So things like pace breathing, for example, or foods you could eat, where evidence shows that there might be some benefits for hair loss prevention. So all of those things, again, that you think of that you want to stay ahead of if you are of a certain age so that you are not trying to battle them later on. Um, and all of those recommendations and goals take into consideration, again, data-driven science. So things like sports science, it takes your advanced biometrics, and then just insights from experts. And the AI personalization part is important because women's bodies are complicated. They're changing regularly. There's no like silver bullet when it comes to health. And I think a lot of women know that. And that's something I can relate to a lot too. Today, you might look and feel a whole lot different than how you felt and looked two weeks ago or last month. Uh, so that's where the AI personalization comes in to um, adjust to your personal situation. Yeah, that's yeah, that sounds really cool. 
I'm pretty health conscious myself, especially when it comes to food. And, and I also find you can read threads upon threads and journals upon journals. And there's always two problems. I think one is obviously misinformation. There's so much information around now, some of it's bound to be wrong. And uh, two, health is personalized. Uh, you could follow whatever program you want to follow. Uh, if it's not tailored to you, you know, there might be some hiccups along the way or it mightn't work at all. Um, this is a really cool application of uh, AI and machine learning in particular. Yeah, it definitely shows the potential benefits of AI in um, preventative health. I think there are probably still a lot of questions and things to explore in terms of how AI is involved in our doctor's offices. But certainly, I think for preventative health, just helping us get better access to all of the information that can help support us. Like the internet is just a big, huge place. Um, I'm often just Googling things and adding Reddit to the end to find <laughs> what suggestions people have out there. So this, yeah, it really kind of combines um, all of the, the best data-driven points into one app and just makes it personalized and easy to follow. So um, I'm excited to, to check this app out more and yeah, wish Roma Vanderwalt and the rest of the team the best of luck. Yeah, yeah. Wishing them luck also. So how about we move on to section that we call products that we love? Yes. Uh, basically, we are just going to take this time to talk about some new products that have launched um, and what we love about them. So really excited to uh talk about PetCube, um, which launched a new product. Um, I've been a PetCube customer since early on. If you didn't know, uh, Aaron, do you, do you know much about PetCube? Have you heard about this company before? I've seen their launches um, over the years. I'm pretty sure a friend of mine um, has one, but it's basically like um, a camera that you can uh, you can connect via an app and like watch your dog or your cat, right? Yeah, correct. It's a, uh, that's exactly what it is. It's a pet cam um, and it's got an app so you can talk to your pet, get alerts when he or she is active. Um, and yeah, the company has actually been around since 2012. It was started in Ukraine and early on achieved uh, success with a Kickstarter campaign. Uh, they raised $250,000 in 2013 and at that time had become the best funded pet product. I have multiple pet cube uh, pet cams. Uh, so just to give you a glimpse of sort of what was new and cool about them, I have uh, the one that shoots treats at your at your animal. Um, I have cats, uh, so you can use these for dogs or cats. <laughs> but yeah, my 18 pound cat is sort of more like a dog in that way. Uh, so <laughs> we've got the treat cam. Uh, we also have the laser light cam. Uh, so uh, when we feel like he's a little bit bored and needs stimulation and we're away from home, don't have a pet sitter at the time, we can play with him with the, the laser light. Uh, and then we also have some of their lightweight cams uh, that pretty much uh, just serves as cams, but they all connect to the same app. And yeah, so now I'm really excited. Yesterday, they launched their newest product. Uh, it's the Pet Cam 360, and it has a pan tilt rotation. So basically, this cam just follows your pet where they are. You can turn it around um, and really see what's going on when they're up to mischief and they are doing things that they're not supposed to, knocking water off the counters. 
Um, it's got two-way audio, night vision, and AI-powered smart alerts, so you can always keep tabs on on what your your furry guy is doing. Yeah, that yeah, that sounds great. Uh, speaking of pets, my pets are running around like crazy now, so they they might be seem excited about that. But yeah, my only concern with that is if I had one, I don't think I would ever get off it. I would just spend all day looking at them. Um, because I, I saw the design of this when I launched yesterday and I absolutely loved the design of it. It's also um interesting that it's a Kickstarter and it's kind of still going. And that's like nothing against Kickstarter or against the, the company or anything like that. It's just rare enough to see like kind of crowdfunded products like last that long and continually keep getting better and better and better. I know what you mean. I, I see what you mean. We should do a whole segment on Kickstarter products. Where are they now? Where? Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, but uh, but yeah, this um, I I feel like Pet Cube be great to do some sort of interview with the team. I feel like they've really kind of kept their focus on cameras and just improve them time after time rather than branching out and stretching themselves too thin around uh, new product series. So um, yeah, mm. I would love to talk to their team. I, they also uh, went on to um, be a YC company um, and raise some money from from VCs. So uh, they've come a long way and. Yeah, we're excited about their launch. They had a, a great launch, um, ended up being product of the day. Uh, so check it out. We'll put a link in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely go give high consideration to picking this up over the holiday period. Um, for my product I love, I'm going to go with, it's a pretty simple app. It's called uh, Kettle, K-E-T-L. Um, and it's kind of like an exclusive and anonymous community for founders. It kind of combines like two things that I really, really like uh, most about communities. One is anonymity um, and a good niche. When I first joined Parliament, I was in like a ton of maker communities. One of them was Maker's Kitchen. So if the founder of Maker's Kitchen is listening, uh, does a little shout out. Um, and they really kind of helped me to one, understand the maker mindset and to become a maker myself, launching a bunch of different uh, products. Uh, and it's great just to kind of foster this community um the cool thing is about it is it's like exclusive you can't just go in there's a kind of bar of quality contributions that has to be met and it kind of reminds me of yik yak which i really really loved um at the time uh when when i was around i think it might be back actually but yeah i really enjoyed yik yak and it kind of um it follows the trend i've been seeing as well of um community apps that are launching they're Rather than connecting with the whole world at, at the same time, they're kind of niching down a bit more now, becoming more private communities. We're seeing more, more and more apps that are just for making a community with your family and your friends. And we're also seeing apps like this that are just a community based around this one single niche. Um, but yeah, I love the idea of it. Um, I think if you're at all interested in being a maker, maybe you are a maker, you want to find a community, you might be looking for investment. I definitely recommend that. Uh, recommend checking Kettle. It's worth a shot anyway. Um, and there's definitely some other uh, great communities as well that you could join. Yeah, I love that. I mean, Product Hunt is an online community. Um, I also feel like it's been just so instrumental in helping me um, in the tech space, meet new people um, and find people who, who want to work on things together. You said that... Uh, online maker communities helped you a lot in the beginning what is does that mean how did they help you yeah they kind of got me my start and um, 
they got me engaged with a bunch of different like-minded people, some bigger people in the scene. Uh, grew my social following on the likes of Twitter. Um, it helped me in learning resources for development and design and even copywriting as well when I was launching my own things. And in general, it kind of just uh, helped me structure my life or part of my life around being a maker. Um, it gave me the information I needed, tips, learnings from failures that people had before. Overall, though, um, I think some of the biggest value comes from it's just a nice community of really, really like-minded people who are genuine and wanting to help achieve each other's idea of success, which I really, really appreciate. Yeah, I love that. I agree. There's so much support um, that you can find online. And I think it's oftentimes it's really needed. I mean, I don't know about you, but I know my my parents don't really quite understand what I do. <laughs> so uh, it's really um, just awesome to find people who are just like-minded, um, can support your products just really authentically. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So next, this section is a combination of all the interesting news pieces that you might have missed last week. Uh, so here's some quick bites. So first one, if you didn't see it, is there's a new AI art trend. Um, these change on a weekly basis, but uh, this has to be my favorite one yet. It's just, I call it more. So go to ChatGPT, think of some fantastical thing like a bowl of soup. Tell it you want it spicy, then tell it you want it more spicy and even spicier. And then eventually ChatGPT starts to break down and almost warns you you can't go that spicy. And then you just tell it to become a cosmic entity of spiciness. And that's where the real fun begins. But yeah, that's my favorite AI trend so far. It's just so funny, the ridiculousness that's coming out of it. Yeah, we're going to have to put some examples in the show notes of this because uh, I've seen a few of these going around and they are just hilarious. Um, but I feel like it's really yeah. hard to describe uh, if you don't actually see just how much G chat GPT could just continue to make things even more. Yeah, um, I'll drop an example of uh, one that I did for the social uh, freeze on Twitter. Um, all about investment in startups and it, it, it gets pretty wacky pretty fast uh, but yeah I'm having lots of fun with it uh, next up um, is Elon and X formerly Twitter News which always seems to be in the news cycle uh, so Elon has said that X will now show headlines again for links in a pretty big reversal and it's kind of funny how it, it got there and it's kind of respectable as well um, so if you didn't know Elon made the executive decision to remove Titan's headlines and descriptions from the link preview so that it just be an image for aesthetic purposes. Uh, that is until Elon posted a link um, with no context and he realized it gave no context and made it look a little bit silly. So he is now reversing course, apparently. But yeah, one, if it's not broke, don't fix it, I guess. But two, uh, I appreciate owning up, but <laughs> I suppose when you realize your own mistake, I guess. But yeah, uh, uh, headlines are coming back. That's true. That's a good point about owning your mistakes. I appreciate that Elon was willing to do that, but um, I had not heard that news. So that is really exciting for social media managers everywhere, for one thing. And uh, <laughs> maybe not so, so much exciting news for some of the makers in our community who created some really cool products after Elon had taken away uh, the titles mm -hmm. and the links. Um, 
as we often see you with X and when things change, uh, after Elon had made this first round of changes, we had a lot of makers in the community creating some really cool products where you could just drop in your link and it would generate a social image card uh, that would have the titles on the bottom and basically would, would kind of allow you to hack the system so that it would look like your image had a link on it, even though it was really just a title on an image. Um, so anyways, those were cool products. Ultimately, I'm happy to see that Elon reverse course because I think it'll be to everyone's benefit that these images will now have titles on them. Yeah, I don't, I don't say it a lot, um, but big up Elon for that one, I guess. <laughs> uh, um, and also, uh, the clickbait accounts are probably crying in a corner now because uh, this was the biggest gift ever to them originally. But yeah. Uh, next up is one of my personal favorites. I'm a big spades nerd. I've had so many NASA hoodies and jackets throughout the years. But NASA pointed the Webb telescope not at deep space, not at a black hole, not at the pillars of creation. Right there in our galaxy, aren't they? But anyway, it uh, uh, pointed at our galaxy, the Milky Way, and it's stunning. Um, it's beautiful photo. Um, incredible to see, to look at and think that one all that ever was and ever is and ever will be in human history is in that photo. And two, to think of the endless possibilities of who else is in our galaxy. You know, what other history has happened? What other futures will happen? What's going on in that corner? What's going on over there? Especially considering every inch on it is like 200 million light years away from the other section. So, uh, yeah, um, I have an alert for when NASA does anything. And I got really excited when I heard about this. Yeah, that's amazing. It sounds like you're ready for a whole new podcast, though, Aaron. I think you're ready to dive into the mysteries of the universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I always take, like, so many opportunities to post uh, space-related news and, like, the Daily Digest and, like, Weird Wide Web and stuff like that. It's like um, Gorilla... Gorilla space education, I'll call it. Uh, <laughs> my weird way of just sharing uh, one of my fixations to, to all our readers. Uh, yeah, really cool news. Um, yeah. I'm just eagerly awaiting first contact now. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a good plug for Weird Wide Web. If uh, we see any evidence of aliens, you can find it in Aaron's, um, Aaron's newsletter, Weird Wide Web. Yeah. yeah, actually, we were like one of the first newsletters to talk about the Mexico aliens that were in a somewhat brought in the casket to like the Congress there. And it turns out actually last week or maybe the week before, scientists like did the science thing and they said, yeah, these things are real and also they're non-human. So that's proof enough for me. I had not seen that. I hadn't followed up on the, I remember that, that news article, um, but I'll have to follow up on the, the latest on that. So they said that they were non-human. Yeah, they said they were biological and non-human. Uh, they didn't say they were aliens. They seem to avoid saying that, probably for good reason, because I guess non-human can mean any number of things. Right. Um, I'm also skeptical about who the people are that those studies and myself because they just unboxed aliens on live tv basically um 
And I can't wrap my head around that. So I'm always going to be skeptical about that, but at the same time, equally optimistic. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else to add to this story. It is absolutely I, wild. I, I leave, I leave it off and watch the skies. Going, watch the skies. <laughs> watch the skies. Love it. And <laughs> wide web. <laughs> In uh, less early news, OpenAI announced that ChatGPT Voice is now free for all mobile users and. This was announced right in the middle of when the whole OpenAI saga was going on. They did a really cool product demo where um, they asked, hey, ChatGPT, how many uh, pizzas would I have to order to uh, feed 700 people? Which, if you don't know, um, was uh, just around the amount of people that threatened to resign if the board didn't resign. So they got their own little um, jab at the board in their product launch, which was funny. I think it's crazy, too, that they they launched something in the middle of all of the drama that was going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they really took a just ship it to, to harsh. They're like, ship it. Who cares? Yeah, I guess they, you know, they had the attention of everybody on Twitter already. So um, why not? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like the, the perfect time, right? So. And for our last little bit of news, uh, crypto lovers, you might want to listen up to this one. Uh, Binance CEO Chang Zhao pled guilty to criminal charges of violating and causing a financial institution to violate the Bank Secrecy Act, according to a plea uh, agreement. This was reported by CNBC, from what I know. Um, I'm not exactly sure what that means uh, in terms of legal jargon. It sounds like he's in a lot of trouble. Uh, he has stepped down. And it'd be interesting to see what happens with Binance after this, because I think it's like the second or first largest um, crypto exchange. So, yeah, that's all the news that I have. A lot happened last week. I'm sure a lot's going to happen this week. Uh, so, yeah, stay tuned. Okay, well, moving on to the stats and trends section, Aaron, I feel like we need a better label for this section, but I haven't been able to come up with anyone. So if any of the listeners come up with a great um, name for this section, please send it in. Yeah, that, yeah, we definitely, definitely need um, a better name for that. Uh, good idea to crowdfund it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's see what happens. So... Today, I was reading an article from TechCrunch from just yesterday about how Laps, the photo app that was having a viral moment, is now running out of steam. Aaron, have you heard about this app? I did. I did actually. Um, I downloaded it. I played with it a little bit, but it made me invite a bunch of friends before I could actually properly use it. And um, I have my own problems with that. Uh, but yeah, have heard of it. Yeah, I had not gotten a chance to download it, but it's funny that you said that you left as soon as it asked you to invite friends because that's a lot of the growth hacking that allowed it mm. to reach the top of the app store earlier the earlier this year. Uh, and it's kind of got Be Real vibes. The idea is a disposable camera. And uh, basically you can take a photo and then you can't see it right away, but you can share it with a small group of your friends later. 
But as I just shared, TechCrunch was looking at the most recent data from app intelligence firm App Figures, and the lapsed downloads have started to drop and have now fallen as far as 70% down from their peak in October. So, ouch. Yeah, ouch, for sure. Um, and I definitely feel for the LAPS team. Mm -hmm. I really feel for any new social media app that comes out these days. It is definitely hard to compete against the social giants. And Charter, if you're familiar with the newsletter and company that basically looks at trends um, going around online, had just recently also taken a look at how few social media apps manage to maintain hype. Basically, you can see um, Google search volume trend for each social media platform and its peaks over time. Uh, so basically what you're seeing in the Lapse app, they have this big peak in viral growth before returning back down to reality and normal search volume or, or really limited search volume is the point. And we've seen this before. Um, we yeah. again with Be Real, there was paparazzi, there was um, even Clubhouse in the audio space. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of just been hard in the past. There have been multiple apps who have basically come onto the scene and tried to take their piece of the pie. And unfortunately, very few have the longevity that Facebook and Instagram and Twitter have had. Um, in fact, Meta just came out and said that Facebook and Instagram are growing faster than TikTok. So, um, well, there's, I think, no doubt in my mind, TikTok is here to stick around. Uh, it kind of goes to show you how how much uh, these companies are just a, a staying point and kind of continuing going to continue to be an app, no matter how much we make fun of them. Um, in fact, Facebook is turning 20 next year. I don't know. Did you know that, Aaron? You've been using so, no, I didn't know that. And um, I actually didn't want to know that. Uh, <laughs> it reminded me of that. Um, I, I, I still remember like the old Facebook ads that Vodafone used to do back here in home when it was like first being released to the world. Um, so thinking that it's turning 20 is freaking me out a little bit. Right. Yeah. Well, now all of their ads are around their, um, I feel like their virtual reality and AI stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that's fun fun to think about. Even True Social is on this chart. Uh, they had a <laughs> giant small burst of traffic um, for a short moment. Um, but True Social actually just reported that they had an operating loss of $35 million since the inception. So I'm not sure if that one's going to... Um, if I ever posted an operating loss of $35 million, I would change my name and just fly away somewhere. Right, yeah, that's probably not the kind of truth you want to share. Um, to <laughs> yeah, 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 you don't have to be that honest. You can keep <laughs> some things well. Yeah, yeah, well, all that is really interesting. I guess, like, social is just really hard. Uh, like, when Facebook and stuff launched, it was still a novelty, so it was easy for them. Well, easier for them to kind of settle in as the leaders. But if you, even if you look at the likes of Facebook and stuff and Twitter and Snapchat, they're always launching new niche social platforms. And nine out of 10 times, they seem to like fail. Like threads 
isn't doing as good as it originally is. And, you know, that dropped off dramatically. So even like the legacy brands seem to get social, I wouldn't say wrong, but they, they can't crack social as much as they think they can. Um, it's hard to make it sticky. Uh, it's just a really hard, really hard topic to crack, I think, in the startup world. Yeah, I agree. It's, I think the only newer one has been TikTok. Um, and obviously, yeah. I think they did such a great job at personalization in terms of recommendations and just creating really um, great content and getting content to the right people. But everyone else is sort of trying to find what it is that makes them unique or different. Um, I think a lot of these new apps have been trying to talk to a new generation yeah. social media users and trying to appeal to those who maybe want to speak to a smaller circle or just want more genuine interaction. But it's quite difficult and it can be difficult too to match up those intentions with, I think, what actually gets people back to the app using it repeatedly yeah. and uh, creating um, those viral networks. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely agree. Really hard not to crack. Um, and yeah, TikTok's a really good example. That's kind of the only example I can think of in like the last 10 years, at least in Snapchat, has really cracked the social media and all. Yeah, yeah. And Snapchat is also still seeing a steady amount of traffic. I think one that's interesting on here is Reddit, who uh, has really just been seeing steady uh, Google search volume um, since its, its launch. I think that makes a lot of sense to me. I think Reddit has kind of taken on its own place in the internet um, yeah. in terms of not just being a social network, but almost being like an alternative Google and a place to find information. So I think I see why it's on there, but to me, it all honestly even just serves a different purpose now at this point beyond social media. Yeah, yeah. That I love that you said an alternative Google because that's exactly what I was going to say. If I'm ever looking up how to do this, why didn't this work, especially when it comes to cooking, and from one, the first result that comes up always is reddish. Yeah, exactly. I I do the same thing having a, a baby. <laughs> I'm often looking for, I mean, yes, sometimes I am looking for expert feedback and other times I just want to see what other people are doing to prep certain foods for their kids or to feel like I'm not so alone um, and just to hear from other people. So uh, yeah, I think Reddit's done a, a really good job and and then I saw that they were potentially considering an IPO again. So um, I think this is a lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Actually, that's interesting. I'd love to see what I am, uh, what it goes to public on the share price. Yeah, me too. So we will put uh, a link to this charter uh, piece into the show notes, but. I mean, best of luck to the LAPS team um, and really any of the any of the makers out there working on social media apps, I think, um, you know, would love to hear would love to hear feedback or to have listeners continuing to visit the product hunt site and share that feedback and continue to give some of these social media apps a chance to break the mold. Um, it's certainly it's hard out there. Yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely. Um, happy to trail any apps as well. If you want to drop in my DM, uh, I'll give you honest feedback. But yeah, good luck to everyone trying to crack that up.
Well, that covers it for today. I hope you enjoyed our inaugural issue of the Product Hunt Weekly Digest podcast. If you have any feedback for us, please send it our way. We are going to keep trying to make this better. Um, Be kind also. (laughs) We are definitely uh, working on this, but, um, but also your honest feedback is hugely and heavily appreciated. I'm Sarah. Once again, I am the content lead at Product Hunt. And I'm Aaron. I write the Daily Digest here at Product Hunt. The Daily Digest and a few others. So we will also drop a link to our newsletters into the show notes in case you're not subscribed to those. They are the best place to stay on top of what's going on in tech. And that's it. So thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone.